Pod Radio. Anyway, uh, it seems that Brad has made it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's busy or not. <laughs> yeah, I made it. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, hey guys, it's been a long time. How you doing, man? Where are you sleeping? Uh, well, I, was just, <laughs> I was just, uh, you know, basking in the glow of the talk about Viking time travelers. So, <laughs> so, Somehow, uh, I'm down here at, um, I'm at lovely Fort Bragg being all I can be for another, another day and then, uh, chalking off those. Uh, retirement points, and uh, so about this time next year, it'll be twenty, man, and I'm done. Woo-hoo. Congratulations, oh man! Yeah, well, I never thought it would. Never thought I never thought I'd do twenty. I thought we would, you know, go to Iraq or Afghanistan and win, and come home, and there'd be a parade, and then and then we'd be done, you know. And, right uh, here I am. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, Oink told me during the pre-show, he was like, yeah, I told him about this week. And he was like, well, meet me at XYZ. And I was like, well, I can't just meet somebody in my situation. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a good laugh out of that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so, it's, been, I'm, it's good, to, good to hear you guys, man. It's been a long time, man. Yeah, as we were actually talking about that before we started the show last week. And uh, I don't know how we got on to talking about movies and cars. Something happened at some point. <laughs> and right. I, that right. led to, to time traveling Vikings. <laughs> well, I just got through watching the Alabama-Tennessee game not long ago. And holy cow, that was uh, an amazing football game. And if you're an Alabama fan, that's too bad because Tennessee beat them. So uh, they scored like a thousand points. It was incredible. Well, that's all uh, Oink and Wardog territory there, so I'll, I'll, I'll hand over the sports to those guys. Well, there might have been some time travelers on the field after that game because the whole field was orange, and they tore down the goalposts, and Knoxville is probably on fire right now. Oh, yeah, it was huge. Yeah, yeah. Woo-hoo, we won the football game. Let's destroy our city. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Idiots. Right. That they do. I've yeah. not seen a goalpost come down since like the nineties, man. <laughs> yeah, they took it down. There was like uh, Barstool Sports put up a video. There were there were people riding on it as they were carrying it through the hallways of Neyland Stadium, riding on it and like 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 a stagecoach. It was oh weird. God. Oh my yeah. god! I, yeah. I remember and watching. There well, there were some poor Alabama fans trying to get through. They had their, you know, their maroon shirts on, and I'm pretty sure those guys got beat down, put on them. So, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, the the last goalpost hooligans. I don't re- I don't remember who was playing the last goalpost I seen getting knocked down in the '90s, but. They didn't ride it through the stadium. <laughs> that tells you how much the generations have changed. <laughs> well, the craziest goalpost story, I, I went to Appalachian State, right? Mm-hmm. And so in 2007, I mean, I, I'm way older than that. I was there in the 80s. But in 2007, I, I happened to be in Boone um, with my family. Um, and that was the day they beat. Michigan, Michigan, yeah, in Michigan, and it was an away game, right? So there were, the game didn't even happen in Boone. They still went to the stadium 
and tore the goalposts down. (laughs) It wasn't even their game. I mean, they they went to the stadium and tore the goalposts down and toted them across campus and planted them in the chancellor's yard, and he was happy about it. They had a couple big games this year, too, didn't they, at the beginning of the season? Oh, my gosh, yeah. They beat Texas A&M and – yeah, and then North Carolina, they yeah. scored a 1,000 points in that game. North Carolina beat them on a last-second play. I mean, it was just – it's been wacky the whole year has. So, But it's fun. I stopped watching football when I was in Iraq in 2009, 2010. I, got, I was done. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, where, I watched, you, where, you were, where were you at in 2009? Where were you at, at there? I was on Cop Need. Where is Cop Mead? Where was that? It was outside of Baghdad. In oh, okay. Southern, in the southern okay. part. And we it. It tur- it's no longer there because tur- we turned it into a JSS right before we left. Yeah. And yeah. we were the second to last stop. Like, we were the last big stop. And the very last American stop was just basically to get absolute essentials like food you know <laughs> um, yeah, yeah but yeah we we closed it down right before we left because i was on the uh what what's the what's it called when you're on the last what like 10 to leave whatever that is i was on that oh add yeah. bond was that with it yeah, yeah. something like that it, uh, i can't remember yeah. they have so many acronyms man <laughs> yeah there were so many of them yeah i was i was in iraq in, in nine and ten Really? Uh, I was up north. Yeah, I was oh, okay. up north. Most, yeah, I was in up at Spiker and Mosul and, and, uh, I, I traveled around a lot. I was with a CA unit. And so I had, I had teams all over, you know, the MND North is what we called it, Nineveh province and mm-hmm. out to the Syrian and Syrian border and then up north, you know, near Turkey and then out, uh, east, uh, at the Iranian border too. So we had dudes everywhere, but. I did get down to Baghdad a couple of times. In fact, remember on like Camp Liberty, they had that, there was that big mound they had. I can't remember whether it was Liberty or Victory, but there was a, they had a big phalanx gun on yes. top of that thing that would shoot out the, shoot the IDF rounds coming in. And I didn't know that thing was up there. Right. And so I was just like <laughs> bebopping my way to go see some people. And then, and I, I mean, I thought my insides were coming out of me, man. I mean, I, I hit the ground, right? Lay on the ground. I'm like, what just happened? What just happened? Oh my it was God. so loud. It was so loud. It's funny because oh the only time I went to Liberty, it, it was mandatory two week leave. They made us take two week leave because we were there 10 months straight. And they made us. They didn't make you go to Camp Liberty for leave, did they? No, they made us go to Liberty to to do the whole yeah the whole out processing BS. Oh, got it. And I hated Liberty. I hated that place because it it, it's not that it was a bad place. Everybody was just up in everybody's business. You were so close together at Liberty. And then when we came back, and then when we were leaving to come home for good, we went to Stryker. And I liked Striker yeah. a little bit more, except the defect. I didn't like the defect. <laughs> yeah, the defect was just there odd was a, for me. We had an awesome defect at, at Spiker, and there was this dude that it was like the first week we had gotten there that summer of two thousand nine. There was a guy 
he wasn't in our unit. We was just some random dude that we saw and he was he was going through his breakfast and the guys were putting, you know, the guys back, the Pakistani dudes that were putting food on our plates, you know, mm-hmm. putting bacon on his plate. And they put about eight or nine pieces on his plate. And he said, he said, keep it coming. <laughs> he said, who, and he said it out loud. Who are you saving it for? Right. right. <laughs> and so we, we would see him every day and he would have this giant plate of bacon and he just became known as Bacon Bob. We we didn't know his name. Yeah, he was like some captain from some other unit. It was just Bacon Bob. And then there would be Bacon Bob sightings, right? And somebody would would come to me and go, Chaplain, we saw Bacon Bob. He was at the PAX terminal getting ready to get on a a Blackhawk, right? Just those random weird deployment things that happen. Right? It's like it's like seeing Bigfoot once in a lifetime. Right. Bacon I, I Bob. Saw bacon Bob in the, in the wild. Yeah. I saw Bacon Bob over at the porta potties yeah. today. It was crazy. Yeah. He's fiber. Less bacon. Yeah. Did you ever go to uh Mama Dia? Uh, probably not. I don't, I can't remember exactly where it was at, but I know we had a lot of communication with them, but for some reason they were before us at some point between Baghdad and us. And for some reason we had to send supplies to them. Even though supplies okay. came from that way, we had to send supplies up. To, like it made no yeah, sense. Had to go back. Yeah, yeah, it's the it government came down, and then we had to go back. Yeah, I mean, it's right. the military, right? Like, yeah, it was yeah, let's so do it redundant. Three times. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, unbelievable! Uh, and actually, Marquis was there when we were there. Marquis mm. Davis. I was like, I did not. And he came to my fob a few times, apparently, and I never knew it. (laughs) Or cop, whatever you want to call it. Um, For those that don't know, a cop is a central operating (laughs) post. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Um, I I can't say the name, so I'll let Oink say the name for me. But what's been going on with Purple Heart Homes? (laughs) Oh, there it is. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so uh, Purple Heart Homes is, we have had uh, a couple of incredible years. Um, we're going to hit our uh, thousandth project um, sometime in the next couple of weeks, and there'll be a big celebration of that. And so, I mean, that just try to put that into perspective. So that's a thousand different pr- veterans that have been served with a community impact of about four to 5,000 people, just family members and, and upwards of 12 to 15,000 people in neighborhoods and things like that and volunteers. And, and so, um, that thousand project, that's a thousand projects in 12 years, um, at an average cost across the board of about $15,000 per project. And that's anywhere from, you know, ramps to new houses and that, that kind of thing. And so, um, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty blown away that we reached that milestone. Um, relatively quickly because it was only, it was only 2019 that we had hit our, uh, 500th project. And so we've really accelerated. And that's just, it just has to do with the amount of, um, you know, corporate involvement in what we're doing through, uh, folks like Lowe's and 
and Home Depot and, um, and the, you know, Bank of America and, and other big companies that have, and then foundation grants and things like that. But not to mention that, just, uh, you know, the, the individuals that are out there that support our efforts through, you know, the $20 a month gift. And, uh, and those, those things have really, and even in the days of inflation, right, the, you know, that we've just experienced, you know, lumber prices and building materials, just exorbitant costs up 20, 25%. And what, what we used to could do for, you know, $5,000 now costs $9,000, you know, and to still be able to, to still be able to help these veterans who have no capacity to make their home safe or accessible uh, on their own, um, to be able to do that on a, on a regular basis, uh, and then just get the incredible stories that we get back is, is pretty remarkable. And I'm really, I'm really excited about that. And so, uh, um, appreciate everybody that, you know, that, that comes alongside of us in that, that capacity. 100%. And I know, um, I've seen you guys tweeted out about the hammers today and yeah. I got to tell everybody, I don't have the hammer, but I have the hatchet and it is so beautiful like my mom was in shock yes yeah <laughs> at first she thought it was just yeah. like uh 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 she basically thought it was a tire thumper at first and i was like no hold this in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and she's seen yeah. and, and it has the uh the leather uh whatchamacallit uh yeah, oh it's like the leather guard over the top yeah, of it yeah the, the, the leather sheath yeah and it, it's it's yeah. so beautiful like i've it's a work of art in of itself so if anybody is is contemplating getting one to to support Oink, <laughs> Purple Heart Homes, thanks, Oink. Um, I'm here for you, brother. <laughs> there, there's no hesitation. You you should definitely get it. It's it's it would be a beautiful mantelpiece or, or something of that nature over your fireplace or just just somewhere on display. And then obviously you're supporting uh, a great nonprofit. <clears throat> Purple Heart Homes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I can't. I can say change unchained all damn day. I can't yep. say yeah, this one. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> Tongue twisters are hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah, that company that makes you know, that company makes those tools, those hardcore hammers. They're out of um, Hillsborough, Illinois. Um, they have, um, we've been partnering with them and we just met them randomly, man. It, it was getting, uh, Steve, Steve and Rick Spencer, two brothers that were, they were just home builders, right? They were framer house framers. And, um, and then their dad was into metallurgy and they started, they started goofing around with some ideas and they, they actually, their framing hammer is patented. Uh, the head on the framing hammer is patented because it's got like, if you ever used a framing hammer, it's got a waffle. A lot of them have waffle marks on the on the head of the on, you know on the striking face of the tool. Um, but what they did is they came up with a recessed idea because a lot of times if you hit a nail incorrectly, it'll slide off and you can do some damage to your body. Right, <laughs> and so they came up with this recessed waffling, um, and they've actually patented that. And uh, but they make they they not only make not just hammers and hatchets, but they make a, they make woodland axes. So like a brush axe, um, you know, that, that, uh, these tools are, I mean, they're guaranteed for life. And, um, but the, but the work that they do and the, uh, the forging, 
um, in the in the heads of the tools um, is just really incredible. In fact, they will customize. Um, you can you can get up with hardcore hammers and you can like uh, you can make a gift for someone and you can customize the you can even customize the metal and you can customize what's embossed on the handle. Um, they do they do really great things. And we were just out. Uh, a couple of our guys were just out with them at the uh, IDPA with the uh, International uh, Defensive Pistol Association, their world championships on Colorado. And like folks like Glock and Wilson Combat and Beretta and, and all these all these incredible uh, manufacturers were out there. But Hardcore Hammers was out there with us. And um, man, they just, they were, they did so many incredible tools for the staff that worked that, um, that event. Um, it was, it was remarkable. Uh, and we got to meet some uh, really cool folks. We got to meet the, um, the folks from Wilson combat. And I don't know if you're familiar with that company, but they make some incredible, um, just aftermarket products for, if you got, if you got a, you know, a pistol or a rifle, um, they make a lot of different, uh, rail systems and things like that. And, um, it's really cool to be able to interact with, with folks like that. And, uh, and that was all because of our relationship with hardcore hammers and they're phenomenal folks. I'm going to tell you if their work is to be said with the, uh, hatchet that I got for you guys, they're good. <laughs> they they're are damn, good. I mean, they're very good. The handle yeah. is beyond sturdy. You can tell that the metal work is it's done by a professional. It's, it's a masterman. Um, it's, it's beautiful. They take pride in it, obviously, because there wasn't anything, nothing, not even, you know, how when they, when they burn, you know, that, that antiqueness, uh, patina on there, sometimes there's a, there's a little bit of, uh, texturing to it. There was none of that. It was, it was beautiful. It, it was, it was went over with a fine tooth comb. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, I'm probably yeah, going awesome. to get something for them as in my family to use out in the wooded area. Cause I do live in the foothills, obviously in North Carolina, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I def it, it's worth it. If, if you want some prideful made hammers, tire thumpers, hatchets, whatever, hardcore, uh, Hardcore yeah. hammers is the place to get it. Yeah, and so um, the uh, Steve uh, Spencer, the owner of the company, um, they're sponsoring our cycling event coming up next Saturday uh, that in Statesville, North Carolina, and uh, and Steve's he's coming from Illinois, um, flying in and and going to hang out. And he's bringing he's bringing some of his product down. And so if anybody's you know in the Statesville area, Charlotte area, Mooresville. Uh, Winston-Salem and, and wants to come over. We're, we're having the event next Saturday, uh, at Southern Distilling. So, uh, um, you know, there'll be extracurricular activity going on, uh, <laughs> while everybody's out <laughs> riding their bikes. And so, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not riding this year. Um, really? I, um, no, I, um, I ruptured my quadricep tendon in June. Mm, now, why'd you want to go and do a thing like that, Brad? I mean, I did not want, I didn't, that was the last thing on my mind. Uh, so, um, You're like, I'm not I doing this hill this year. That's right, man. I'm, I'm, I'm bailing out. So, uh, yeah, man, I got, a, I've got a 12 inch incision down the front of my knee. And, mm. and uh, so I had to, you know, I got some bionic parts in me now and, and, uh, 
Welcome so, to the club. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll be, uh, I'm, I'm, everybody asked me, I said, what are you, what do you mean doing day of the event? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to be the, uh, chief executive officer of happiness that day. So uh, I'm just there to make sure everybody has a great time. So you want to make um, sure they get a, a, a few uh, imbibes. During that, <laughs> they're, they're, that will be, uh, there will be, that will be there. We, I did hire a couple of police officers to make sure it didn't get out of control, but I uh, definitely do um, not blame you there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a really good day. And for those that don't know, Southern distilling is right on I 77 as you're coming up from north on, on from Charlotte or either south from the Virginia line. Yep. Um, and it's right off the interstate and they have a fun, uh, an incredible facility there. And, and, uh, um, they're actually, and, and they're another partner of ours. And so they, they made a double rye whiskey, um, that they donate, uh, 25% of every, of every bottle, uh, comes to Purple Heart Homes. And, uh, really? so we're really, yeah, man, we're really proud to be partnering with them and that. And their and their brand has gone national now, so you can find it about anywhere. Um, so uh, anytime you see, if you're in a, a beverage store and you see a bottle of their um, Southern Distilling Double Ride, it'll have a little kind of cardboard hanger on it that says, "You know, we proudly support Purple Heart Homes with every purchase." And so, uh, um, if if you like that kind of thing and you want to support, uh, again, it's another way to support what we do. You can buy you a bottle of Double Ride and uh, and be good to go. It's so funny. Don't because, drink it all at once, though. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, Statesville isn't that far away from me, so I might have my mom run down and get some. Um, <laughs> we actually we actually went by Statesville a few days ago because uh, I had to be out for doctor's appointments, but I'm, yeah. I'm, doing, I'm not doing that for a few more years. <laughs> oh, my God, that, that. People oh, don't the, the traffic is crazy down there, man. It yeah. is and it isn't. It depends on the time. You know, we, we came out uh, in the early mornings and it wasn't that bad. But between 12 and 4, yeah, it's pretty bad. Oh, yeah. It gets really bad. Yeah, the construction <laughs> is bad. Yeah, the construction there. They've been working on that interchange for, I don't know, since 1983, I think. So, I was about um, to say since the ni- uh, 1800s. <laughs> oh, it's been a minute, man. Holy cow. We're so tired of it. I know. I remember when we first came by years ago and it was, they were working on it then, but they switched everything and it was so different. And we were like, are they going to finish it now? No, they, they keep working on it. (laughs) Yeah. And they've got these huge overpasses and bridges and, you know, my wife and I, every time we drive by there and go, now what had happened today? They did something new. Right? <laughs> like they built a big mountain here. I don't know where that came from. You're always so. looking to see what they've done every time. Yeah. And it it's looks amazing. the same. It literally yeah. looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's driving on any of the new stuff yet. Exactly. So. Yeah. The new stuff is right there. Nobody's right there. It. <laughs> it looks so awesome. I would love to drive on it. I told my wife, I told Tammy, my wife, I was like, as soon as they open it up, I'm just going to drive on it about 10 times. I'm just going to ride around and just ride on these big overpasses just for fun. I actually told my mom, I said, one day when nobody's around, because it's going to be like that one day, we'll just sneak on over there just to see what the road feels like. <laughs> so, Bo, I'm going to, I'm going to drive up and see you, man. I'm going to, in the next couple months, I'm going to come up, I'm going to come up I-77 and come visit you. 
I don't know if you want to be here during the winter. It gets pretty bad around the winter times around here. No, I don't care. I'll bring a coat. It'll be fine. So I'll bring you some Purple Heart Homes paraphernalia. <laughs> you know, I I actually had to schedule my VA appointment, my next one. I think it's the late end of January. And we were like, you better hope it ain't snowing because y'all ain't going to be making it up here. And they're like, oh, my God, it's the winter time. <laughs> I was like, yeah. That's right. It's the winter. Yeah, because they're down in uh, Kerner, uh, Kernersville. So they don't know what it's yeah, like yeah. up here. You know, like when it snows, it snows. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And people in the South can't drive in the snow either. So, a lot of them they can't can. drive up here in Alaska either. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, that's true. A lot of them cannot. Um, so what else you got going on other than next weekend? Well, after that, I'm going to, I'm going to take a nap because uh, I've been working <laughs> on it for about six months. Um, and, uh, but you know, right now, um, I guess, you know, just for folks listening, um, we, went, we started our sixth year of, I've been doing a combat recovery course uh, for local veterans that, you know, um, it, it doesn't matter when they went through, whether it was a, you know, Vietnam, uh, you know, era guy or, or gal or, um, or, or folks that, you know, served in, in, you know, in, in the conflict that we all went to. And, uh, so, um, we started our six year and, and over the last, you know, the last 10 or 12 classes, I've, I've had very few Marines and this year, this year, there's like seven Marines in my class. Like, it's like, I was like, I've been overrun by all these <laughs> devil dogs, right? And they all sit, they all sit yeah, together. Dog, this, control your guys. Come on. Yeah, they all sit at this table in the back, right? And I call it the, I call it the liar's table, right? Because <laughs> they, you know, they made, there's a bunch of snide comments coming out of there. But, and, and but it's been, um, it's been really unique to see um, how, all these Marines that came into class, none of them knew each other. They were all kind of disconnected, you know, just, and because we, we hold the class at Purple Heart Homes at our, at our conference room. And, um, and they, and I've just watched some really cool friendships develop. And, uh, there's one guy that comes, he was a, he was an 06, uh, in the Marine Corps, 30 year Marine Corps veteran, you know, uh, wet, I mean, uh, Annapolis guy. Um, and he bought a farm, um, you know, up north of town and, has been kind of secluded up there with his wife for a few years and he's come in and then all of these other dudes that that are in the class they're all they're all younger guys you know in their 30s and early 40s and and uh um I've just really I really enjoyed watching the way he's been mentoring them and um and just being you know being the leader that he was when he was in the Marine Corps he's kind of found a new uh, lease on leadership and he's kind of got a new he's got a new squad right and uh it's really been cool. And so that, that are, we're going to end, we'll have our graduation and we'll hold that class twice a year. Uh, we'll have our graduation the first week in November. And, um, that's a really cool experience to, to hear people to, we, at the graduation service, we have people tell their stories and, and kind of, you know, it's really a three point story. It's like, you know, who was I? And then what happened to me, um, when I served and then, you know, kind of where am I going, uh, from from here you know what what's the future hold for me and um it's really neat to hear those stories and we have one of our guys uh, one of the other marines that's in this group he's been coming back to every class for the last five years um when we did that i have everybody kind of write their stories out and uh he wrote uh he wrote nine pages single space handwritten 
and read the whole thing. And it took like 40 minutes. It was, it was incredible. Right? And, but he, he didn't stop writing. He wrote, he ended up writing a book um, called, uh, he wrote a book called God Sent the Dog. Um, and it's about his service dog and, um, and about how this little dog named Dita uh, had kind of rescued him uh, from, from his misery. Um, and uh, the book is like 650 pages. And I was like, he gave me a signed copy of it when it first came out. And, and I was like, Dave, man, this thing is 650 pages long. He was like, <laughs> yeah, it was. He said it was 1,200, but I took all the cuss words out of it. <laughs> 1,800 originally, but we took the pictures out, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was incredible. That's yeah, awesome. that's, I mean, I think, you know, for you know, for somebody who spent, you know, close to, I mean, I'm 20 years as a chaplain in, in, the, in the military and, and uh, uh, trying to figure out, you know, there's so many, so many rich stories about my time in service, but I, I, I really think that, you know, this class of, of local veterans or people that, that live in my community and that I'm interfacing with on a regular basis. I mean, I, I, I tell her that's probably one of the most uh, meaningful things that I get to do. And, and we laugh and cut up and have a big time, but, uh, you know, we get, we get serious when people are hurting, you know, and we need to do that. Right. And we, I, I love telling stories about time traveling Vikings, but I also love <laughs> to take care of people when they're hurting, you know? So, um. uh, if you, I'm sorry to interject, Brad. Is there any way people that might 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 be listening that's in the area uh, that can get in contact or or show up or something like that to these? Yeah, I, I would. Man, people can people can you know get in touch with me and via email. And if you want to, I mean, my my email address is super easy. It's it's b borders. So that's b b o r d e r s at P H H U S A dot O R G. Um, please just email me. And uh, I don't know if y'all got some show notes or something that you do that you put out, but put Definitely. that in your show notes and I'll be glad to, um, we'll, we, we run the course. It's free of charge to any veteran who wants to come. You get fed with a home cooked meal every week. Um, and, um, and, and you get, you know, if anybody's like, you know, struggling to try to be connected with something, um, we really, we really try our best to make sure people got a new team to be a part of. And, and then also to sending people out on mission and um, you know, we're doing stuff like uh, one of the things that we're going to do over Christmas is, is this whole group of veterans. We're all going to go to, uh, we're going to go to our local homeless shelter and, and um, you know, serve meals and stuff. So uh, we're going to do some stuff, right. And we're going to do some stuff to help some other veterans. So i um, glad to, glad to take a, take an email from anybody that's interested. Uh, well, we got the description. We definitely will put it in there. And what I'll probably do is do your portion as a standalone as well. And the only thing that'll be in there is your stuff and the links to Purple Heart Homes. <laughs> <laughs> and on standby, you know, right? That's the only way to go. <laughs> I, I need I need to have that on a uh, on the playback. That's what I need. I need to put it to my jingle palette. Um, also, Brad. Uh, it's it's been a while as as we said at the at the top um yeah. but we redone all of the websites and just so you oh, know cool. uh on the DVR family uh link on dvradio.net we've got you guys and on dysfunctionalveterans.com we've got you guys as a resource as well 
Um, that's awesome. Well, I, I love being a dysfunctional chaplain, so that's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be. I'm glad to be uh, on the team for sure. Uh, yeah. I, I I know I didn't get to run that by you guys, but I I didn't think you, you would to. mind. <laughs> no, nah, you don't have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I wanted to let you know. I finally got to redo everything and, uh, on dysfunctionalveterans.com at the top of veteran resources it is objective zero and you guys, you're the first oh, two. Um, well, tell me about objective zero. What's that all about? Well, I'll let Oink do that because he <laughs> is our main man for that and he's all always right. got good things to say. <laughs> objective zero is a, a free app for Android or iOS devices that any veteran can use at any time where they have ambassadors standing by 24-7 to chat to you. And you can search by, you know, MOS, uh, by sex, if that's your thing. If you're a female and you want to talk to another female. And you can wow. do it via video chat, or you can even do it by old-school, you know, communication text and or, you know, just straight-up phone call. But uh, oh, basically, it's, it's a resource that uh, allows veterans to reach out to, to be able to talk to somebody 24-7 if they need to talk to somebody. And they're, and they're free, you know, afraid of that uh, reprisal. Uh, of you know the stigma of mental health you know yeah, being, sure. so i mean it's a it's it's something that's uh that we've been pushing quite a, for quite a while and like i said it's a free uh for your you know, phones because everybody has one in their pocket but if you don't have one you can also go to objectivezero.org and do the same thing on on your computer or desktop that is really cool i will make sure that my a community of veterans is aware of that for sure yeah and, and just you know a little bit of history We've been with them since before they were in app because it was, they came to us and and myself and six were like, yes, automatically. It was no if, ands, or buts about it. And when we heard the story, we were like, yep, we'll we'll back you. And they hit their Kickstarter, um, Kickstarter amount within a few days of us talking about them. And it was just, oh, that's awesome, man. And we've been with them ever since. And, and, I can't tell you how many people and I'm, I'm sure Oink and everybody else can attest to it that have been like, yeah, I use Oz. Sergeant Wardog, you've used uh, the Objective Zero app, correct? Yep. <laughs> yep. It's <laughs> 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 all I need here. Um, but yeah, they're there and they also have uh, resources for things like um, yoga and meditation and all that within the app and it's all free. Um, they have all kinds of things. And I, I, they're, yeah. they're trying to expand to more things like civilians and firefighters and stuff like that. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I will definitely, uh, I'll definitely make folks aware of that. That's, that's really, it's always good to have another resource, uh, for Most sure. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Now, now something that I caught, uh, live, the actual full broadcast, since I'm now working nights and the whole time zone difference. Uh, you guys are putting together a nice little podcast of your own, right? On Tuesday mornings. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, you know, completely untrained broadcast unprofessionals. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, we started John Galena is our, our co-founder. And so for those that don't know the history of Pearl Harbor homes is founded by two Iraq veterans that got blown up, um, over in Iraq in 2004. And um, Dale Beatty and John Galena, Dale lost both of his legs. Don, John, you know, uh, had a TBI and busted back, and uh, he's still suffering from that. Dale passed away uh, from pulmonary embolisms uh, on February 12th of 2018. And, and uh, one of the, the things that we were all going to do, the three of us, um, we were going to do, we started we were going to do a podcast, right? And we just thought that the, 
you know, that the medium was out there and there's a good way to get the message out. And um, so, uh, you know, after Dale passed, um, we were trying to figure out, we were trying to kind of write the ship and kind of the heart and soul um, of, of our organization was, was missing. And, and uh, you know, we were certainly just trying to figure out where we were going. And, and we kind of put things like broadcasts and podcasts on the back burner and just try to figure out what our culture was going to look like with our co-founder missing. And so an opportunity came up at our local radio station <laughs> in Statesville, right? And so it's WSIC. It's a, it's a news talk station. It's an AM station. They've got an FM repeater, but it doesn't go very far. And uh, they were like, yeah, you guys should come in and do a thing. And, and uh, so we, we came up with this idea of putting the pieces back together because we figured that that's kind of what we do. We try to help veterans put the pieces back together. And, and so the format of the show is kind of have, is kind of have veterans come on and tell their stories, but then also veteran organizations that are doing great things and, um, and, and not limit that to, you know, current conflicts, but to, you know, get Vietnam veterans in connect people connected to world war two and just kind of tell the whole story. And, and, um, so we started doing it and then, uh, we had been doing some advertising with iHeartRadio, Um, and, they uh they approached us and they were like hey we heard you guys have a have a have a radio program would you be interested in syndication and we were like what <laughs> you know we're, <laughs> we're talking about the local weather here you know and you know meeting you know bob from the the veteran that runs the local you know farmers market you know that kind of guy and they were like no nah, we really we we think it would be be good and so uh Man, lo and behold, now our our stupid little show is is in New York City, right? <laughs> on, on in Dallas and in Cleveland and Phoenix and and then on iHeart Podcast and and uh, it was funny. I got a call the other day. This woman called, and and her name was Sherry, and she said, "Hey, this is Sherry. I listen to y'all on the radio." And I I just assumed. She was from Statesville, North Carolina. Mobile, yeah, us, yeah. <laughs> right? And she was like, I've got this house, you know, that I, I would love to turn into a, let you know, make it to, uh, you know, it would be a group home for veterans, maybe transitioning out of homelessness. And I was like, oh, well, where's the house? You know, I was like, look, we, we get to work on something like that. She said, <laughs> well, it's in Maplewood, New Jersey. And I was like, man, where are you calling from? She said, well, I'm calling from Maplewood, New Jersey. And I was like, how did you get my number? How did you hear? Oh, I listened to you out of the station in New York City. And I was like, oh, my gosh. We've got our one kind of odd fan that is uh, <laughs> calling from New York City. Well, I did, like I said, I caught the show this week, and you had a, a great guest that was on. But the week prior to that, I think you had a, a VA representative on. It was, you know, again, full chock full of information from what I did catch. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just the like I said, what you guys are doing I think is great. It's something that uh, – I, yeah, I we had, like I said, when I can catch it, we had a great guest. I had Nick Lavery on last week. And for those that don't know about Nick Lavery, Nick, Nick was a guy that I served with at third special forces group. And Nick, Nick was shot in a uh, blue on green uh, incident over in, over in Afghanistan, 2013 and lost his, he got shot seven times by PKM and, 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 uh, and nearly died, but lost his uh, leg. Um, where he only had four inches of femur left, and he's the mm. first, he's the first, um, you know, tip of the spear, green beret type guy to redeploy back to combat um, with an with a with a prosthetic, and uh, and did that twice, um, and then he came back 
and went to uh, Special Forces Dive School and became a combat diver with a with a myth and a leg. Um, and then and then oh, and then he up and decided to go to a warrant school and, and became a chief warrant officer. And he's pretty. He's pretty, he's a, a legitimate superhero, right? I mean, oh, I tell you what, I, I started looking at some of the images that he had, and I sure the hell wouldn't want to meet him in the back alley. That's for damn he, sure. He's six foot. <laughs> he, he's. I asked him. I called him. I called him. Uh, I called him uh, back during the summer. I called him right when I got hurt, when I messed up my legs. I figured if anybody knew what I ought to do in recovery and what kind of mindset I ought to have, it'd be Nick. And yeah. So I called Nick, and I was like, "Hey, man, how much? What are you weighing now?" And he was like, uh, and he's from Boston. He's got a big, you know, yeah, super yeah. deep, you know, pocket car. He was like, hey, brother, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like 230 now. And I was like, oh, you're 230, but you're missing a leg. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> when he wasn't missing a leg, he was like 275. I mean, the dude Jesus. is like. He's he like, like a shit brick house. There's no. Oh, no, he's, yeah. yeah, he's strong. I mean. He can I've not squat. seen him in years, so I don't. I don't think I want to meet him anymore. <laughs> Bro, man, that dude can squat with one leg. He can squat like three fifty. I mean, it's just it's oh it's God. singularly unbelievable. unbelievable to watch him train. So, uh, but and we have a positive some, attitude and everything that he had too. Like you, like you were talking about, you know, uh, recovering from his injuries. Oh you my know, God, that, that yeah. mental attitude that he has and, and fortitude of, of going forward. It was just. Amazing to listen sure. to during your show. He wrote a he wrote a really cool book, and if, nobody, if, if nobody's heard of it, it's called Objective Secure. And he get it on all the Amazons and all that. Um, it's a really really good book, man. I mean he he um, he did he did a lot of research, and he's got a lot of other contributors in the book, and, and I, I'm just really impressed with it. Um, and it's very helpful. Um, I've read it I've read it a couple times now, um, and he does he goes through his. The book is not really just his story. It's it's really a, a, a leadership and um, you know how to how to how to set goals and how to how to maintain focus and it's a really really good book. But this is we gonna, got some we got some cool guests coming up too. So pretty yeah. excited about it. Yeah. Uh, when does that come for 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 those that want to actually partake and listen to that? Yeah. So uh, yeah, it airs live on Tuesday morning on our on our little local station. So if you're in the Statesville area, you can listen to it live at eight a.m. But the, more importantly, um, you can pull it down, you know, on all the, you can get it on iHeart Podcasts or we're on Spotify. And I think it's on, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's on iTunes and all that other stuff too. So you can probably where, and like I like to say in our, in, a, in what we call the, uh, the setup is where, where you go, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find <laughs> us. Right. <laughs> so, um, it does come on, uh, on the weekends on, on some of those, uh, radio stations, uh, you know, those bigger markets, um, I'm not sure when, uh, but it's usually on Saturdays at some obscure time, I'm sure, um, to where only uh, Sherry from New Jersey is listening. So, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've had a great time. So, um, man, we ought to have you guys on our show. You've had me on a number of times. So I, I'd, uh, I'd love to get, uh, if you guys want to get up early in the morning. Like you'd have to get up at like, uh, you know, like. Well, I'm three. already at work at that time, Brad. So that's why I oh. said I was able to actually catch a full show for once. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that'd be cool, man. We can have you guys and you guys come on and talk about your show and, and talk about other stuff that you're passionate about. Now, we can't, 
you know, because we're live and on, you know, FCC rules dictate that yeah. we can't be like, you we know, can't be dysfunctional as we can't be dysfunctional. Here. Or you can be dysfunctional. You just can't use the language of the right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can definitely work something out there. I, I got to say, cool. though, before I forget it, this is going to sound bad, but it, it's it's not. It's it's a testament to what Nick looks like. Think of the Hollywood epitome of a soldier. That's yeah. Nick in real life. Yeah. Like he yeah. looks like he was sculpted from a piece of marble. I'm not joking. This man is huge. <laughs> he, is huge. He, he, is look, huge. he looks like what we call a power lifter. Like he should be in competitions <laughs> doing yeah. it. Like, yeah. And, and I'm not. Are yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah. His yeah. arms are, are bigger than my entire body. Like, <laughs> yeah. How well, tall the crazy is he? Thing about you know, because like he, you know, he, um, when he, you know, he had that incident where he got shot, the uh, earlier on, I think it was that same deployment. Um, Nick has, I think he has two silver stars, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But in an earlier incident, that's not the only time he's been shot. He got shot in the face. Um, saving his team leader and an Afghan commando, um, in, in a, you know, in a firefight and didn't realize he had been shot in the face. That didn't know it. They're like, Nick, man, you're, 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 you're bleeding out of your head, right? (laughs) Oh yeah, man. I got shot in the face, right? Just, just a scratch. It'll be all right. Yeah. But a a flesh wound. Yeah. <laughs> Pull Monty Python out of there. <laughs> How tall is he? Do you know? Yeah, he's six. He's six five. Jesus, yeah. he yeah. looks way bigger than that. He looks. <laughs> yeah, so he's Omar, he's yeah he's he's the beast mode. Like sure. mm-hmm. I thought, I thought my five eight. 145 pounds with something lifted squatting is 300 pounds. This dude is six, five, probably doing six times as much as that. <laughs> yeah. He picks up hundred pound dumbbells. Like, you know, like he just throws them around. Yeah. Like, like they're bags of candy. Yeah. yeah like tennis balls. Yeah. Have one of these. Yeah. <laughs> he gets this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, that's great! Oh, yeah, we could so we, we could got, definitely uh, do something. Well, I was going to tell you we've got a so this kind of the this <laughs> kind of spans the the realm. The, we've got a guest coming up uh, in two weeks. Uh, her name is Ann Cohen, and her dad was you know this is just from one end of the spectrum to the other. Her dad was a World War II veteran um, that um, served as a he, he was a major. He served with George Patton. And uh, when they were liberating um, the concentration camps, he was put in charge of one of the camps after the war, right? Because they couldn't, they didn't know what to do. There were hundreds of these camps, right? They didn't know what to do with all of the, all the folks that were, that were there, you know? And, uh, and so they had to, they had to, they get, get them back nutritionally because they were all emaciated. And he sat and took testimony because no one knew. I mean, you know, I, you know, I think we've all, you know, m- m- a lot of us have seen Band of Brothers, and there was that one episode at the end of Band of Brothers where they had gone in to liberate. Um, I can't remember which uh, camp it was. I mean, it was Dachau or one of them, but uh, um, they didn't. No one knew what was going on. You know, at that time, no one knew that these camps were 
there and that this extermination process was going on. Well, um, Anne's father took all these testimonies and compiled what was called the Cohen Report. And you can look that up on the Internet. And the Cohen Report went to Nuremberg uh, and was used as testimony uh, in many of the uh, war, crime, war crime trials after World War II that convicted uh, many of the, you know, the the uh, Nazi uh, perpetrators of the crimes. And so she's going to be on the show and she's a remarkable lady. And so um, I think that's coming up. Uh, I mean, it's not this week, but uh, the, the 20 to 23rd, 25th, October 25th, she'll be on and, and that'll be an amazing show. And I'm really looking forward to that. I've had an opportunity to speak with her uh, on the phone a couple of times and she's, she's just a delightful person, but uh but she's got some powerful stories about her dad and some funny stuff about her dad and George Patton. Uh, and that's just going to be classic when that comes out. So no kidding. But, yeah. And, and, and for those that, like you said, uh, looking to find the podcast, where would they be able to find those? Yeah. So wherever you find your podcast, look, look up putting the pieces back together and, um, and you'll be able to find that. I heart, um, iTunes, Spotify, all those places. Yeah, Spotify don't like us too much. Uh, <laughs> we run a little too long for their for their liking. But uh, oh no, kidding! Yeah, yeah. They, they won't take them because they're over eighty three minutes long. Well, yeah, but we can't even get started in eighty three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why we have a two hour show. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we use Podbean, you know. And um, oh, yeah. I, I, I've got us on pretty much everywhere, but um, Spotify won't take our uh, podcast unless they're under 83 minutes. And DV6 suggested I cut them up, and I was like, I am not going through 700 <laughs> podcasts and cutting them up. To, no, it's not happening. I'm not downloading and re-uploading. No, it's not happening. <laughs> You've done 700 of these shows? Yeah, it's roundabout. Oh my goodness, man! You guys are killing it. That's awesome. Our, our numbers don't show that. <laughs> no, that's right. Well, like I say on our show, you know, all thirty-seven listeners, right? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I like, and, and the reason I love our chat room is that I I, I see the the the, the normies, I call them the Spester and and Mayhem and Nogs when he he makes it, and Mag Forty Four has been in here a few times, and there's a few others. And I love that. I love that you can you can build a rapport with certain ones and and and, and things of that nature. Um, and yeah, we got seven hundred and seventeen. This one, when I put it up, it'll be seven hundred and eighteen. I just looked it up. <laughs> um, but who's counting, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I remember when uh, Podbean sent us a thing for your first five hundred episodes. I was like, dude, we're at like six hundred and eighty now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, great, I, that that's awesome that you guys finally got to do that. Cause I know we had been talking about it there for, for a while, uh, getting you guys started and I'm glad you guys got started doing it. That's it, yeah, that's it is really cool. And John, John is really, John's really interesting. Uh, for me. So, um, I don't know if y'all familiar with, if folks are familiar with William Wilcox, so mm-hmm. th- they've got a, 
radio program out of Charlotte, but they're in about 18 or 20 different bigger markets. And, and so, um, Woody, uh, Woody was listening to our show during one of their, cause they're on at the same time we're on live. And so he was, he moved over to Facebook and we put in, <laughs> we, we go live on Facebook and Woody, Woody was, was listening to it and he put a, thing in the uh, comment it was a week after john had been out and he put a comment that says al gore is back right <laughs> and, uh, and so, so john i mean I, I love john but he can be a little um a little wooden at times and um and then that was you know so woody called him al gore because woody <laughs> said he's wooden right and john was like why'd he call me Al Gore? Like, does he think I'm an environmentalist? Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I don't know, man. Right. I'm not chained up to no tree over here. What yeah, in the world? Right. Yeah. I ain't driving no electrical vehicle. Funny, man. It's so funny. Yeah. So, oh uh, so that was good, but we have a good time. I like to make fun of John on the radio and it's one of the highlights of my week. So, uh, <laughs> That's what's really good. And if you'll notice, if you if you've ever listened, if you look, he's going to bring up. You know, John was a North Carolina National Guard guy, so he's going to bring up the 30th Brigade any chance that he has the opportunity. <laughs> that right? was me. And that so now, me. my every time he brings the 30th up, I'll go, "Oh yeah!" And the 30th Brigade was at the Battle of Hastings in 1066, right? <laughs> you know, stopping the dreaded Hun from from. Going across Europe, right? You know. Hey, look! If it hadn't have been for the two thirtieth golf out of the high point, they wouldn't That's have right. had their fuel and their food. Look, I I was part of that, so I'm proud to say the thirtieth has been awesome. there, done that. I can't I can't wait to tell John. <laughs> I was a ninety two G. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, where was he out of? John was in the 113th field artillery, so he's a red leg. Oh, he okay. just loves to talk about that, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I had, I had a couple of those in my unit, and they never shut up. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I don't, battle. I don't care. battle. I don't care what happens while they're talking. It could A meteor could fall in front of them and destroy everything. They'll keep talking. About artillery. <laughs> it's the truth. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, we I've, got one of the, our, uh, our chief um, administrative officer was Lieutenant Colonel in the, in the uh, uh, North Carolina National Guard. And he's also, he's 13 Alpha. And he's oh got God. a freaking, uh, uh, like the lanyard that you pull the, to, yep. to fire the weapon. He's got one hanging on his wall. And he brings, he brings it out and shows it to everybody. Every time somebody comes in, he brings the lanyard out. You know what this is? It's a lanyard. Say, <laughs> so shoot a one five five right here. This is a lanyard. This is what you pull it with, right? He's super proud of that thing. Oh my god, that's great! <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, I'm surrounded by artillerymen and marines. So. <laughs> Well, you got a cook, you got a bang bang, you got a journalist, and you got a mechanic here. So. Yeah, there you go, man. Hey, we got the whole team together. We got the band back together. Right? Yeah. If Google was here, you would have admin. That's right. 
Now we we got to have a 42 alpha to make sure the I's are dotted and T's are crossed, right? I give her hell so much when she when we bring up demo as if she's like, what? <laughs> oh, Lord. Ooh, I'm crying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've I've heard some stories about some artillerymen from the 30th, and I'm like, I'm glad I didn't join the artillery. <laughs> yeah, there's some bad ones, and, and a lot of them don't involve like shooting big guns exactly. and not a lot of clothing on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've heard I've heard some naked stories. There's some naked. things that sounds like the movie Old School with Will Ferrell. It's very, very old school. <laughs> it yeah. is. It's like it's yeah. like it's like Will Ferrell and the writers of Old School sat down with some artillery men from the 30th yeah. and wrote a movie. <laughs> well, the only problem was it was all real. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're my boy, Blue. Yeah, it wasn't fiction. Yeah. It actually happened. Oh yeah. Lord. We're there was a guy in the there was a guy in the one thirteenth. They called him Big Country, and um, that he's sounds big familiar. Country, big Country guy, right? And uh, I think they were down. I don't know. Maybe they were at uh, oh man, uh, down at JRTC at Fort Polk, and it was raining, and they were on a fire mission, and um, somebody looked outside, and Big Country was in the mud with just his boots on and a helmet and nothing else while the, <laughs> while the firemen and they're, they're not in, they, they didn't have full behind tubes. You know, they had the, the, uh, the track vehicles. Right. Yep. And so they, he's outside that thing, buck naked in a lightning storm with boots and a helmet <laughs> while they're shooting, you know, 200 pound projectiles down range. Yeah, I'm gonna have so. to get I'm gonna have to get some of my unit together, and you have to bring all of them, and we'll just have one big thirtieth <laughs> oh yeah. brigade. That could get show. ugly, man. That yeah, would that be yeah. that would be great. Like, just imagine the stories that's gonna happen no. in that show alone. <laughs> just, just yeah, just hit record. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We don't need no introduction. We just go no. live, and it, and it happens. What happens happens. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, unfiltered. Here we go. Because I can tell you right now that <clears throat> his name is a grown-ass man, but I won't say his real name. <laughs> he was my XO, and when we were in Camp Shelby, he may or may not have participated in duct taping one of our E7s to his bunk while he was asleep and carrying him out and putting him under the tree in Camp Shelby, Mississippi, while it was beginning to rain. <laughs> may or may not have happened. <laughs> may or, there may or may not be video <laughs> of that. And him talking like the Australian animal man going, all right, what we've got here is an E7 Crikey. heavily sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we done some stupid stuff in Shelby, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, Lord. It must have been in the water that we didn't drink. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, those were some nasty barracks. And we were there in the latter part of 08, beginning of 09. And it was terrible, man. 
I can't believe they've not fixed it yet. Those guys, like Camp Shelby and I guess what, Fort McCoy mm-hmm. and and all, all like Fort Dix, those are all the places that they made them so bad that you were ready to go overseas instantly. Like just yeah, walk like, in, just, turn I'll around, go and go out. <laughs> yeah, I'll go anywhere. Yeah, send me the yeah the worst part of Iraq or Afghanistan. You look at those I'm barracks just, and you get tetanus. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> it's yeah. and it smell you can smell the mildew, man. You can smell it. Yeah, it's gonna it. be it's gonna be presumptive conditions someday with the VA where oh you were at Camp Shelby? Oh yeah, you get you know, it's extra thousand a month for you. I'm waiting yeah. for that. I am waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> like all I need now is them to, to pass the burn pit thing for sure and give me a little extra on that and then Shelby, I'm good. I'm set for life. <laughs> for sure i can't believe we've got as far as we have with the burn pit registry honestly i'm surprised this went that far well i think the didn't the pack act um yes and solidify all that yes and no that that happened october 1st bro i mean yes and no there's there's wording in there that you know oh really yeah just like i've got multiple things on my thing but they take the top and that's it Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I did appreciate John Stewart, though, um, yeah. standing out front of the halls of Congress, just blistering everybody inside. That was classic. Yeah, a lot of people's been giving him hell, saying he only speaks up here and there, and and I'm like, you've not followed John Stewart long enough, then. Yeah, he's he's every day about it, man. Yeah, I'm not saying he's perfect. I don't think any, I don't think any celebrity is when it comes to that. But at the yeah. same time, they're able to get us a platform. Oh yeah, yeah. If he you were use his platform for sure. Well, if you so, or I were to go down to Senate right now in North Carolina, they're going to look at us, let us say our piece, laugh at us, and we're going to have to leave. That's about that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to make news. It's not going to make trending on Twitter or whatever. But John Stewart says it and then he can get a veteran in there that can say something. Maybe one more person hears it. Maybe one more senator or whatever. One more congressman. And and like I said, I'm not saying everything he says has been right, but he's said a lot of stuff that is right. <laughs> and he's gotten That's us a lot true. further than anybody else. I mean... I don't want to put down Crenshaw, but at the same time. <laughs> um, but yeah, we won't go into politics. <laughs> Sorry, I was talking to my mom too. Um, but yeah, is there anything else, Brad, you want to let our listeners know that's going on with yourself or Oink? Purple Heart Homes. <laughs> or anything of that nature. No, man, we're, we're good. I, I, yeah, man, it was just really good catching up with you guys again and, and, uh, appreciate all the support and thanks, uh, thanks for helping us, uh, get the word out. Um, we're going to continue mission and, uh, um, we're going to, we'll hit our, uh, 1000th project and he's looking for, there'll be some stuff being put out about that sometime, uh, probably the first week of December. We'll do a big celebration, uh, down at, uh, Richard's coffee shop in Mooresville. If you've never been there, that is a really cool place to go on Thursday mornings. There's about 150 veterans that gather there 
um, every week. And uh, it's a really it's a really neat place. It's also it's not just a coffee shop, but it's a it's like a living history museum because yep. there's a bunch of bunch of guys in there that tell a lot of stories. There's there's mostly older veterans, but uh, but they've got a lot of you know uh, different exhibits there. Um, it's really neat. And uh, downtown Mooresville, great place to go visit. And uh, so uh, first week of uh, December, uh, we'll be down there celebrating our 1,000th project. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've been down to Mooresville, but I know the last time I was there, they're uh, one of the more veteran and Biden-friendly cities in North Carolina. I mean, there's a few here. <laughs> But yeah. as far as, you know, small town cities, they're, they're really welcoming and, and, and honoring and, and things of that. They're real humble is the word. Yeah, that's it, for sure. It's a beautiful thing, in my opinion. There's, there's not that much going around of it anymore. So. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. 30 years ago, Mooresville was like 5,000 people. Now it's got like 80,000. It's crazy. Yeah. How big it is. So, uh, but, uh, yeah. So, but that's what we got going on. I sure appreciate you guys, and and uh, thanks for having me on again. Thanks for the invite, and and uh, we'll uh, we'll stay connected. And I'm gonna I'm gonna drive up in the snow to come see you both. <laughs> you got to open an invite for this show for all of DV Radio, and just give me a holler, and, and you're welcome, brother. That's awesome, man. Thank y'all so much. I'm Thank gonna, you. Uh, I'm gonna close my eyes because I got to get up and go harass some people in the morning and be all I can be in the. <laughs> Army Reserve tomorrow morning. So, <laughs> hey, it's Army yeah. One, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm still be all you can be. I, that's my generation. Man. <laughs> I, I grew up on be all you can be, man. I'm not Army of One. <laughs> I, I'm, I miss the be all you can be. I do. Yeah, man, that was great commercials, man. We do more before nine a.m. than most people do all day. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, brother. Thank you. Get you I some rest. You guys. Be careful out there. Man. Thank you for what you're doing. You guys are awesome. And that was Brad Borders from Purple Heart Homes. And I will get that added to my jingle palette so we won't have such a delay. (laughs) (laughs) TV Radio.